Hello, this is Elizabeth Mower, president of BEI. And I'm John Brown, the founder of BEI. Each episode, we take you into the world of exit planning, sharing the stories, struggles, and opportunities of business owners and their advisors. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. We've decided today to talk a little bit about a topic that is in the news quite a lot, but we're not hearing a lot of discussion on topics that are uh, on this topic in a way that is really close to the business planning that we do and that advisors in the BEI advisor community are doing and the work that's specifically related to their clients. So we thought we'd, we'd bring it up. And the topic is the President Biden tax reforms that are proposed and are on the table. So there are lots of resources for you to go find. What do they say? What do they mean? How will we, how will we process those? How likely are they to pass? But there's not a lot of discussion on what is the impact or lack of impact for us in the planning disciplines connected to closely held and family held businesses. So John, why don't you start us off with maybe a couple of the high points of some of the Biden tax proposals, and we'll see if we can connect those to our everyday planning work and see if we can come up with any ideas for those who are listening. Sure. That's great, Elizabeth. And some people would not refer to this as the high points, but rather the low points of sure. the proposal. Um, so the three biggest proposals that affect business owners who are thinking of leaving their business at some point in the future are number one, the proposal to raise capital gains taxes for households with greater than $1 million of income. That's the threshold. If you have that and you sell an asset that has capital gain, the tax rate will be 43.8% on the gain plus of course state taxes so it could be it would be very easy for the gain to be taxed at 50 percent or more so that's number one the second one that would apply to business owners or everybody else for that matter is the proposed loss of step up and basis on an asset when the owner dies. So for many owners, the basis in their business is very low. They've owned it for a long time. Uh, the proposal is, is that the gain, the unrealized gain, so the basis is zero and the business is worth $5 million, that $5 million would be taxed at death. Um, and the estate taxes again, or the, I'm sorry, the, the capital gains taxes at that point would again be 43.8% plus state taxes on uh, gain over a million dollars, presumably. So that would be incredibly significant for owners. The third uh, tax change is really likely to be a return of, of the estate tax gift tax exemption, which now is about $11.5 million per person to the pre-2018 levels of roughly $3.5 million per person. Uh, I just point out that the, the current ex high exemption is proposed to sunset at the end of 2025 anyway, but it would be significant for people who pass away between the date of the enactment of the legislation or effective date 
and you know 2025, the end of 2025. So those are all you know very significant um, changes. And the question then uh, is, what do we do about it? What do you business owners, what do you advisors do right now to minimize the the effect of these increased taxes should they pass? And the last thing I'll, I'll do, and I'll uh, ask Elizabeth to take over or resume taking over, is that this is a real ping pong ball or ping pong match between the Democrats and the Republicans. It's going to go back and forth. It's not going to end this year. It's probably not going to end in five or 10 years. It's whoever has the controlling voice in the in legislature is likely to tr attempt to pass tax legislation based upon their beliefs. So this is not the final word in tax legislation. It's just an ongoing volley. Um, with that, Elizabeth, any thoughts on your part? I do. I have a couple, maybe starting with the thing that you just said most recently, which is uh, that it's likely to go back and forth. That does seem to be the indication. Um, there doesn't seem to be um, any kind of consistency or interest in the in the old-fashioned compromise and the working across the aisle. And regardless of how you feel about that, whether you support partisan, you know, sort of um, gamesmanship or not, what the studies show is that owners of closely held businesses do not appreciate it. What they <laughs> are annoyed by is back and forth. They tend to, business owners tend to have a fairly long time horizon. They're looking at seven, 10, 15, 25 year plans. And they are, and they are trying to make investment decisions, growth decisions, all kinds of, you know, sort of um, strategic decisions, international and trade decisions based on what they see as the likely landscape going forward. And so this, so this back and forth thing and whoever's, whoever's got a majority in Congress putting in place something that makes them look good to their constituents is really hard on business owners for planning purposes. And it is not appreciated for the most part. So the studies that I have seen say that consistency and predictability and long-term stability are more valuable than a particular number on the tax rate, that that can be managed. Um, business owners are really smart, they're very creative. They can do lots of things to, to manage their tax consequences, but they have to know what those are. So I might pause there and just say, you know, I think we have to talk about this. It is important. It is going to affect people, uh, but maybe also for the business owners who listen to this podcast, we acknowledge it's annoying. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So a couple of things that we can move forward on. Number one, if an owner is considering taking action in the near future, in the next several years on transferring ownership to children, to, in, to key employees, uh, to an outside third party. Um, at least the first two I mentioned, we might consider moving that up to this year. So if we're thinking of gifting a large amount of assets to children, maybe if we're gonna do that anyway, Let's consider doing it this year. 
if we're thinking of perhaps uh, charitable gifting, we should think of doing that this year, although I guess any time would work well, but there are these measures we can take now that might have an effect to reduce taxes when we sell or dispose of an interest in future years. So some things I'm just thinking about. Um, let's assume this legislation passes more or less in the form we've been talking about. One thing we want to do would be to avoid the surtax of 43.8% on gain over a million dollars per household. So we can think of selling ownership which would tend to create a lot of gain uh, incrementally. Don't sell it all at once, sell it in increments over a number of years. This is easy, most easily done by selling business, to, business interest to insiders, to management and so on in chunks over time so that the gain recognition in the particular year along with the owner's other income wouldn't exceed a million dollars or perhaps $2 million. So there are things like that that we can consider doing now. We could consider gifting ownership to a child this year with our larger exemption amount still available. So of, an, of income producing assets, in particular S, S corporations or partnerships where there's a significant income flow that ordinary that after next year or at beginning next year, that might all be taxed to the owner and it would exceed the million dollar exemption. Well, we could make some gifts now, probably in trust to a child so that that income is gonna be taxed in that child's tax bracket. So, right, that so we're we, looking at maybe kind of spreading out the income to keep exactly. us below that $1 million threshold, right? Exactly. And we can do that in trust so that the child doesn't really control necessarily that ownership interest. It could be non-voting interest. And a family of four, we might have four exemptions now rather than just one. And that would save a heck of a lot of taxes. That's something to consider this year if you're going to make be making gifts to children anyway. Um, so that if the legislation doesn't pass, pass, we've still made a wise decision. So right, it's and we can maybe like also look at things like you know making sure that business owners have have met with and and revisited their personal financial plan because if business value significantly exceeds their financial needs, then that would reduce the risk in kind of diluting ownership out across the family. We certainly wouldn't want to do it and leave a business owner high and dry without enough personal wealth to take care of themselves. You never know if those kids are going to get mad at them or you know, have a falling out. That could happen. But if, Absolutely. If, if value exceeds need by some extent, that would be a that would be another place to look for some uh, excess wealth that might be transferred before estate and gift tax limits change, right? Exactly. Exactly. So there are a lot of tools that clever uh, tax attorneys, estate planning attorneys, and other estate planning and, and income tax experts will devise over the next several months and certainly thereafter once the legislation becomes a bit more clear, at least as to what may pass. So there's not, there shouldn't be a rush to selling a business this year. And in fact, under the latest Biden proposal, as I understand it, they're going to make the effective date 
of the legislation last month, actually in late April when the legislation was introduced. Uh, and that's going to be the effective date for sale for the sale of assets. So you can't, they're trying to avoid somebody trying to sell their business this fiscal year, this calendar year, to take advantage of the low capital gains taxes. Whether that proposal is going to go anywhere, who knows, but uh, selling the business this year may be too late if that legislation passes. So there's right. just a huge amount of uncertainty for owners and their advisors on what in the heck to do in response to this proposal. We don't know what's going to be pass, if anything. And so again, it gets back to what we were talking about at the beginning. Owners should consider taking action this year in this area of uncertainty, only if they would be taking that action regardless of a change in the taxes. Right. I that think would that's be my a, initial suggestion. That's a good point. And I think that, you know, one of the things that I have seen over the last few years is that in the wake of the uh, Tax Reform and Jobs Act, in which, uh, in which um, tax rates changed for corporations, I saw a lot of development of tools and modeling and and evaluation among tax professionals that sort of you know stepped back and took a much more broad view of a client's total sort of asset portfolio and net worth and things like that. So what tax advisors seemed to have started doing, and I think this is going to continue to be important and become more important, is looking at all of the assets. So for example, for our business clients, you know, they might have a C corporation, they might have an S corporation, they might have a partnership, as you mentioned, um, they might have other, and then they have other kinds of non-business assets in their, in their sort of total personal balance sheet. Well, uh, a good tax advisor is going to say, okay, what are we looking at having happen with these things, uh, with each of these significant assets? And what is your income look like for each of the, maybe this year and maybe the next few years into the future. And then what they're doing is they're looking to see if there are strategies that they can implement on an asset by asset basis that allow them to maybe shift some dollars that were going to be taxed at capital gains rate, but maybe now I can use those dollars in a smarter way to get to an ordinary tax rate that's a little bit lower if that's available. Could be, like you said, through multiple family members, could be through the business owner themselves, could be taking advantage of other kinds of losses um, that are expected in the business, could be, I suppose, taking advantage of, of um, other kinds of growth opportunities. And so, and so what tax advisors are doing is saying, okay, well, you have a business that's worth this, you have real estate that's worth this, you have these investment assets, what can I recommend that would move things around a little bit? So there are people saying, well, if I treat this, these dollars as income, I'll get a little bit lower tax rate. And if I treat these other dollars as capital gains or as a stock sale, uh, or an a, or a, a capital asset sale, then I have a high basis and I'll get, and I'll have lower taxes on that. So it's, the math is very complicated now, but uh, tax advisors have really been upping their game in terms of looking at the broader picture and seeing which levers they can pull in which direction in order to shave off tax dollars here and there. Have you seen that as well, John? Uh, I'm probably not as close to that as you are, but 
certainly the the need to have to work with capable experienced tax advisors has never been greater than right now because the right. tax rates are going up so these decisions are far more important and the other thing i would say about clever tax advisors and that's i mean that in a nice way uh, we will find a lot of ways to minimize or defer taxes regardless of what tax laws passed uh, and that, that's what I, that I saw, and I think you're referring to that to some extent, Elizabeth. That's what we saw after the last major tax act. Mm -hmm. How do we take advantage of what we have to deal with? And tax advisors will do that. Yeah, so, and ultimately that's why we plan. We're taking these, the new landscape and the new sort of rules by which we are all governed and applying them to our situations and saying, what's the best that we can do? And you know, using tax advisors, as you say, who can look beyond this year is going to become more and more important and incredibly valuable. Those people have been very, very busy and they're going to continue to be uh, for the foreseeable future. So we'll, we'll be back on this podcast with future episodes about specific planning techniques. Today is a good opportunity for us to kind of plant the seeds for what does the future look like? Does any of that need to be accelerated? And other, and other kinds of planning conversations that all advisors listening here are having or should be having with their business clients and business owner listeners here should be calling up their most trusted advisor. That's why we plan. That's why we plan. All right, John. Well, thanks for joining us today. This has been fun. It's an important topic and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Join us for our next episode. For more content like this, please visit exitplanning.com.